0: Hey friend, welcome Carm Capriato, Town Hall Academy, episode 156, as we talk localizing national training. Here's a challenge for you. Use the tone of this episode to do something about your training commitment.
1: One thing I was thinking about as you guys are saying this is what is one thing that we sell and we believe in? It's maintenance. Training is maintenance. If you're not doing it, you're falling behind and something's gonna break down and it's gonna leave you on the side of the road stranded or it's gonna leave you closing your doors.
0: Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, friend. Carm Capriato, the automotive aftermarket podcast guy. Hey, did you know that you're welcome to have your own For the Record podcast and bring up your opinion to bear on the aftermarket? Just reach out to me, Carm at remarkableresults.biz, and tell me what your topic would be, and then let's get it on tape. Hey, what's going on with your shop management system? You know, no other tool can transform your business like your management system. Now, please consider Shopware's leading shop management system. It is helping shops like yours generate more profit per ticket and get more efficiency from your staff get a free demo. Shop-wear.com to find out more. Hey, so many tell me that when they're on a road trip, they binge on the podcasts. And cardio time at the gym? Another great place to listen. Hey, I'd love to know your favorite place when you listen to all three of the Aftermarket's premier podcasts: Remarkable Results Radio, Town Hall Academy, and For the Record. And please don't forget to subscribe to all three podcasts on your listening app. Now, you know, the three shows have their own separate feed. And if you felt that your Remarkable Results Radio stream was a bit light in episodes of Late, well, you're right. You need to search for Town Hall Academy and subscribe and then For the Record podcast and subscribe always free and on demand, and you'll be back in the loop. Hey, thanks for doing this. You do not want to miss just one of the outstanding audio workshops that we work so hard each week to produce for you. Hey, this Town Hall Academy was recorded live while at the ASA Colorado Summit 2020 in Denver. Now we were in the lobby of Lincoln Tech. The event was the perfect blend of technician and management training with a strong dose of networking and the food (laughs) that was great too. I had a chance to present my keynote while I was there and walk away with some awesome interviews, which you'll hear over the next few months. With me to talk about localizing national training is Brian Gossel from BG Automotive for Collins, Colorado, Phil Carpenter, Director of Operations at Urban Auto Care, Avalon Motorsports, Judy Haglin from Hagelin Automotive in Boulder, Colorado, and Brad Pellmans here from Pellmans Automotive in Boulder, Colorado. Find the show notes at RemarkableResults.biz slash A156. I believe you'll be able to relate to much of the discussion we had on training, but maybe you don't necessarily do the things we talk about. Now, my biggest takeaway is three words spoken by Phil Carpenter. He said, training is maintenance. Hey, let that sink in for a minute. Roll it around in your mind. Training is maintenance. And if that resonates with you or means something to you, then as you listen to this great audio workshop, make a stronger commitment to training. There is an incredible event going on this weekend, the ASA Colorado Summit for 2020. It's so great to be invited here. I'm going to do my little keynote the nine top success strategies of the service professional that you all taught me over the last 700 and some episodes. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm here with um, a great topic how to localize national training. Now, you know, here we have Denver, all the 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 thousands of shops that are in Denver, and I know there's a portion of them coming here to enjoy the great national training that you're having. So it's not only uh, organized summits like this, but there's some other really cool ideas that we're going to talk about as far as how we can localize national training. All I can tell you all is this, too many shop owners are not coming to training. But there's a bunch of really smart ones that are getting it and they're doing it and they're closing the shop and they're actually bringing in national trainers for their friends to partake in. So this episode may sound simple and easy and maybe we're complaining or bitching a little bit about stuff, but we're not because I think what needs to happen in our industry is we need to take light of the fact that we are not getting by. By the seat of our pants anymore. Yeah. Look at all. The, look at look at everyone shaking their heads. I mean, you guys are in the trenches. You know. I mean, why why is a summit like this, Brad, so important?
2: Uh, it's huge, primarily because it's local. I mean, it's it's you know, when we talk about the frustration, we're frustrated that um, we get a, the, a small percentage of the shop owners that come to the event year after year. We see the same people, and there's so many shops out here that that should be here. I mean, we're making it local. We're making it uh, price. Cost-effective. I mean, it's a great way to meet new students, p- potential employees for you. Um, it's just hard to believe that we don't get the participation at the level we think we should be getting at. Yeah, uh, you're,
0: you're absolutely right. You're a, a manager uh, yeah. of, a, of a major operation here, Phil. Uh, do you have a commitment to make sure your your techs and absolutely. and ownership are, are being trained?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's an ongoing process. If you're not if you're not training yourself and, and bettering yourself, you're falling behind so we have uh six technicians coming here we have technicians going to vision we have technicians going to the stx world pack expo so every single tech is going to one of those events Um, as well as management every every month we're meeting all our managers all our advisors for training we just had that last night um yeah it's it's a constant improvement um we can't we can't expect our technicians to do it if we're not going to do it on the management side same thing the other way around there's there's a constant steady pressure that the front gives to the back and the back gives to the front, whether that's workload, uh, whether that's um, selling work, whether that's training, you got to practice what you preach. Um,
0: Thank you for that, Brian. How it, It seems to me that we're preaching in articles, in podcasts, in webinars, the value and the importance of training. There's never been so much available yet you know, I, I know what people do and say and watch and go, and there's a lot of frustrated trainers out there. In fact, I want to do a podcast from the perspective of a trainer yeah. and what he sees in the audience, you know, from his perspective, and and what he would like to say to the ones that aren't in the room. How We know we can lift our industry.
3: Sure, and I, it's our job to help each other grow and get better and to keep pushing. Like, in groups, you talk about guys bringing in other trainers. Like, I know in Fort Collins, we have a local group of shop owners where we meet once a month, and we had a trainer where we had 50 people in his class, and he said that was like a record ever, and that's just because of the engagement of the people they have locally. And go on and don't call them competitors, call them allies, you know, they're friends. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, 50 is a great number. I, I I, had a chance to kind of look over someone's shoulder, Judy, and, and see some of these classes are packed here on Saturday.
4: Yes, we have, um, I don't know how many, 24-plus classes for technicians, service writers, managers, and owners. Mm -hmm. And we've got some that are are totally booked up. We have a PICO class that we could have, it's a limit of 20, because they have to bring their PICO scope, and it's an in-depth, all-day class. And Julie, through registration, she could have filled that three times over. So that's one that is just an, an amazing class that we have. And I know Cecil's leadership class is huge. We've got an engagement class. So it's, it's really exciting to see the engaged owners in Colorado that come every year. We see mostly the same faces but they're bringing their whole staff because we do have it on Saturday. And it is a it's a good and it's a fun event because we end tomorrow night we end up over at Unser Racing so everybody gets to go, have dinner, let their hair down, do some networking, which I said I think a huge benefit when you do have the live meetings and trainings is you do get to network with the other people that are around and as Brian said talk with and have allies and have those create those relationships with other people that can help you Absolutely. through those day-to-day when you have those day-to-day questions.
0: But I don't want to share my secret sauce with anybody. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah.
4: So here's a, a good example. I'm going to speak for Brad and I. Our shops, we're both in Boulder, and we are one and a half, two miles away from each other. And we work together we're on ASA. We've been on ASA board for four years now working together. We refer each other's shops. We help each other out. We share tools. We share knowledge. We pick up the phone when, hey, I'm looking for a tech. What have you found? What works for you? The secret sauce is if we could, everyone could share secret sauce we would have a much better industry and we would all grow exponentially if we all learned to talk with each other and work with each other.
0: You know what I found on the podcast that the secret sauce, the real, real secret sauce is willing to be shared. There isn't anybody that I've ever asked, I, hell, the cards and letters come in. Can I be on your show? I have this great idea. I want to share it. And there's that change that I think happens in a successful individual who says, my God, I can't believe where I've been and where I'm going and how hard I'm working to stay where I am. It wasn't as painful as as I thought. And I want to share that with someone. And Judy and I were in a studio, at my studio at Apex, when I realized what the secret sauce was. And Judy, I tell this story so much that people are going to say, Carm, don't tell that story again. But I'm going to tell it. I realized that the secret sauce that people don't want to share is I can't meet payroll Friday. Yeah. Common pro, I, 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 my God, I got my, my landlord's notice. I have to be out in three months. If I don't at least pay one of the month's rents from six months ago and on and on and on. And my, I can't pay my parts bill. And, and it, there's an embarrassing, uh, scared thing that's going on. So I don't want to go in, listen to all these great ideas and or success stories. It's really wisdom shared because I have none to share and I'm a little embarrassed about it.
2: I agree with you. I mean, That's when, like at these events, when I see shop owners gathering and they're talking t- together, they're lighting up about their conversations <laughs> because of the problems they're having that they've solved and they're sharing that information with each other. And that's what we think is so huge about that type of um, connection is um, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel or whatever. You know, come to an event, talk to people and, and find the answers to problems that you've had that another owner has already solved. And and still, and still we ask,
0: where are the two or three or 400 more that should be here? And so, you know, for a moment, uh, although I know we're talking about localized training, national localized training, you guys got any crazy ideas we can share with the industry uh, about how to motivate a friend or a peer or colleague in in the marketplace to, to get training because we care about their success. If they have a better labor rate and they're making more money and they understand how to market better and they hire better people. Why doesn't the industry recognize that it's good for all of us? If, if all ships rise,
3: man, iron sharpens iron. And I always say the more of us doing it right, the better it is for all of us. I practice and I preach that. And like, I have a, he's a friend in, one of his employees told me, he's like, man, if I had to just listen to Brian four or five years ago, I don't know where we'd be now. You know, it's like, cause it's the secret sauce. I will give you, tell you, do anything to help anybody get better. But they have to have the willingness to listen and, sure. you know, talking about failing. I mean, we fail every day and everybody looks up to us cause we are at the top, but man, dude, I mess up all the time. Just crazy. What's it going to take, Phil? The people that aren't here sure. to wake up.
1: I think it's really grassroots. Um, it's it's making relationships with the people that are right right there around you. Um, one person can't do it. One organization can't do it. It's all the people listening to the show sharing with everyone else that's out there. I mean, we have a shop that's literally across the parking lot from us. We work with them. We talk with them. We invite them to this. We helped them with their Google business page to make sure it showed up right. Some people might think that's crazy, but it feels good. I mean, you're doing something for somebody else because Lord knows plenty of people have done a lot for us. So why not give back to the next person? Give that, be that hand up, not a handout, be that hand up.
0: So what I continue to hear is that we're not competitors, yet we almost act each and every day like that. What do we have to say about that?
2: Well, we're competitive in nature. We we all want to win, but the truth good is good answer. Is that, by the way, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> the truth is that we don't we don't need to compete for clients. All we need to do is work on our business and be as good as we can be, and the clients will recognize you and reward you for that by returning or telling their friends. And the truth is is that there's millions of cars out on the street that we don't even touch, sure. and there's millions of customers that don't go to our repair shops or they go to the dealer and they may change. I mean. We can't fix all the cars. Nobody should be concerned that the reason they don't have cars coming in their door is because of the guy across the street. He has nothing to do with that. So, you know, that's where your training and your learning and your communicating with other shop owners comes in. You know, that's where we all get better. Um, And there's no, look, a good shop wants the shop across the street to be as good as them or better, right? Our problem in the industry is our, that we run into, or, and I think it's getting better, is image. People talk about the negative side of our business more than they talk about the positive side. And if we can get everybody up to the same level, then, we're, then we all, all we have to do is talk about positive.
4: Carm with that, and and Brad, you kind of touched on it in Boulder when we started our TechNet group, we had ten shops in the in in the room. And one of the big things was, well, uh, that's competition. There, I got ten people here that were all competing. And we did uh, before we went, I did some research and found out there's over a hundred thousand cars in Boulder. And I said, divide that by ten. It's ten thousand cars. Can you handle ten thousand cars? And I went to each person. They went, nah, No, I I do you know two thousand or this. What's my customer base? I can't even service that many cars. So then I looked around the room and said, So, are we competitors? Who's really our competition? And who do we need? To, who do we really need to be focusing on? And one is we just need to be focusing on us. So I think fear, I think, is a big issue for people. <laughs> it's that fear of not wanting to, not wanting to share, not wanting to make a phone call. Or uh, that, oh, my gosh, they're going to take my one good customer.
0: Okay. So uh, let me remind everyone who may have just tuned in, we're in, uh, we're in Boulder. We're at Lincoln Tech. We're at the ASA Colorado Summit for 2020. I'm with Brian Gossel from G- BG Automotive, Brad Pellman from Pellman's Automotive in Boulder, Phil Carpenter, Director of Ops, Urban Auto Care, Avalon Motorsports, and Judy Hagelin from Haglin Automotive in Boulder. Judy and I were sitting down last night. I had a beer. You had a water. You were good. And we were just talking about stuff, and you were saying, you know, oh, my God, it's it's January, car counts down, and, you know, there's some complaints going on, and there's some what was me discussion going on. Why would I want to take time away from my business and invest money in training? Boy, isn't that the most perfect time to, to do it?
4: That is the absolute best time to do that. And we talked about in talking with, as so I talked with quite a few people across the country And car count is, is another big, big question. And we talked about, well, do you have too many cars, not enough cars? Do you have a new tech? Do you not have a new tech? All of those numbers put together. And when you're able to talk with other shops and find out maybe the car count, maybe your car count needs to go down because your average RO is not up. Maybe you do need a few more cars because you added that technician. But it's a, it's a time where everybody can get together and say, you know what? Maybe my car count really is okay. My sales were up last year. I'm down three cars a week. Okay, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not. But to be able to sit down and talk with that fellow person and say, "Hey, Brad, how are you doing? What's your lo- what's what's it working for you? Um, if you're in a 20 group, what what's the trends? What are we seeing? And um, and what I do find is that. The people that come to the training, and we're seeing the familiar faces. We, we know them pretty much all as they walk through for registration. Uh, they're the same faces, and they're all the ones that are running successful businesses. Yeah. And that, I think, is to that training, national, coming, local, whatever training you can get. We need to have, everybody needs to stop looking down in their shops, in the day-to-day, in the quagmire, in yeah. the, oh, my God, I can't, oh, my this, oh, my that, and be able to look up and say, what's out there? What can I help? What can I do different? And the whole definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing <laughs> you know, and expecting different you know, results. You know,
0: you think about your business and the evolution of it over time and the cycles that go like this and that you plan, you counter to, you strategically, you tactic, you, you do all those things. And you look back and you say, damn, I've been here before. I know it. I get it. And there's no reason to atrophy and go inside because of a couple of bad weeks without making a commitment to networking and to training. And I and I think we have to look at business. We have to look at weather as a much bigger scope, if you will, on how the cookie tumbles and have a much higher broader strategic plan on growing your business as a CEO, growing it through training, growing it through marketing. And uh, maybe that's the, st- the strength of the message that we have here is, you know, the, the, our, our topic today is localizing national training. Maybe we should just be saying training, period. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think, and Carm, one of the biggest things that we're hearing is that the our employees are feeling stuck. I had an employee that came to me and said, I, I really am looking at going somewhere else because that's the only way I can grow. That was a wake-up call for us. It was like, wow, that's not what we thought we were doing. We thought we were doing it right. We thought we were doing the training. We thought we were getting that all done. And um, But putting that, that in play to where they can go from that general service person up to that B-level or that master tech or whatever, and the only way you, the only way you get there is through training. Um, ASE testing is another big qualification factor that you, we just have to throw in there. And um, how do you get them to grow in their own position and take some ownership there? Same thing with your front staff. They started as a junior service writer. How do we get them to that, that top level service writer sure. or the service manager and where they can grow and feel like they're making a career move and they can make more money?
0: Brian, you got a story to tell us about that up and downness, but still your commitment to get it done?
3: There's always going to be ups and downs every day. You know, I mean, throughout the years, things you always want to be moving onward and upward and setting goals to keep going forward and surrounding yourself with people. And like you said, the truly successful people in the world, no matter what it is, they want to help other people. And a lot of times it's just like I would be afraid to go talk to somebody, whether it be in racing or whatever it is, and come to find out, man, they're... They want to help you just as much as you want to help other people. So growing and helping, I mean, ups and downs and learning listen, from other people.
0: Listen to this amazing takeaway. This is an amazing takeaway. There's people out there that want to help you in every industry. Yeah. So why are we sitting on the sidelines not asking for help or not going to an event like this? Seeking help.
2: That's a great question. Why? I mean, I, I that's it. thanks for that throwing Brad that nuts. one at me. I mean, it did drive you uh, nuts. well, you and I
0: talked about it at dinner <laughs> last night. <laughs> we we we, we kind of I don't know if we came to any conclusion, but we had a few ideas. Why are they closed minded Why why are so many people unwilling? You bring in national training as big and as powerful as you have here. You could have four or five times the amount of people. You may have a hotel problem and a space problem. I get that, and that's a good thing. But if you look at the people that are here, this is. Double-A class training. And you know what? Colorado's going to benefit for this. But where are the other people that aren't here that aren't going to benefit? And what do we have to do? I pound away at the podcast on this stuff all the time. Oh, God, Carm's going to go on his stool again. Or, ooh, he has a show, and he's trying to angle in on that training topic again. Well, why am I doing it? Because every time I go out, I don't see enough people partaking. Yeah. You know, we have a chance...
2: Listen, you guys started somewhere and it wasn't at the top. Looking back at your question now, I think the, the where I would start with it is fear. Right? So fear in fear from the shop owner. What's what's their fear? They're they're afraid somebody's going to take their one good technician. Well, that doesn't happen, you know. Um you're going to keep that tech because you're helping him improve his career and, and his, po- his opportunity to win in the Bay. Fear of leaving my business because what's going to happen if I leave my shop today? You know, who's going to make money? Who's going to oversee the employees? Um, you, you just have to accept that you've trained those guys well enough or you're going to send them to training eventually so that they can be good enough at their jobs, so that you can leave. And as a shop owner, you should be able to do that. I know there's a lot of one-shop operations across our country and across our state. Or well, not one-shop, but one, you know, one or two, three-person yeah. operations. Yeah. And yeah, it's extremely tough for them to sure. see that they, that they need to walk away from their business for a day because the cash register is going to stop, stop ringing, right? right, right. Or, but the technology is going to pass them by if they don't, don't go and find training. And, they, and then the door is going to close and the cash register is going to stop ringing because they can't fix the cars like they used to. And they can't be proficient. So I think that the point of this podcast with you here today and you're not at the national level you're at is trying to send the message that, um, look, all of us, all shop owners as a whole across the country need to believe in training. They need to believe in raising all boats and raising their employees level of uh, success and and trusting other shop owners to help them answer questions and help them run their businesses.
0: You, you bring up such a great point. One or two or three man shop can still go to a night course offered by the local supplier, and still they don't show up. Right. And so the point is, is that somehow they don't want to, and that's what we have to drill into. You know, I this imaginary thing, you take a, a part of the, the skull off a nice hole, and you pour in some commitment. Really, that's what it is, because you, you just basically said technology is going to put us behind an eight ball. Um, and we keep saying it, and we keep saying it. And I wonder what that timeline is. I I don't want to know if we have that discussion here. It could be another completely other podcast. is, is when is it going to hit us like a brick wall? Yeah. Well, that would be a cool discussion, wouldn't it?
4: We talk about when you hit the wall. I think shops have already hit the wall. We've seen how many in Boulder? Seven? Seven shops. Seven We've seen years. seven shops in the last five years go away. They've just closed the doors. They didn't sell. They didn't have anything to sell. They just went away. Um, And I know that one of the the big trends, and we've got two people sitting here that is is doing the multi-store and buying some of those shops and then rebuilding and, and making it all happen and being very successful with that because they do have a good system. They have a good they have a good culture. They they have done all those things that they've learned at training. Yeah. Some have hit the wall already and, and they don't even know it. And we have a, a, a phrase to where you're going out of business, you just don't know it yet. And I, and I think that that's a true statement. And then training, I think, has been a huge key for all of us sitting here. Uh, if we didn't have training, if we wouldn't have done the coaching 12, 14 years ago now with ATI, um, done the co-op, done the, done the Tech Nets, done the ASA Colorado, we could have been one of those mom-and-pop shops that went away. We were there that many years ago. And it's it. you have to just pay attention. Um, I don't, Carm. we were talking about you had a shop or something, had a shop that that they looked at their um, zero dollar tickets, which you talked oh, about. Oh, yeah. Um. And um, they've got shops down the road that are saying, hey, go over here and then have them diagnose it and test it and then tell it, and come back and, t- and then we'll fix it. And i so on one end. That's kind of scary. On the other end, that says that shop. You know, Brian's Not shaking his head. That shop is doing awesome. Brad's writing me a love note, so I'm going to let Brad speak. <laughs> I was
2: just going to pass comment, me the mic. Comment on the you know the the number of shops that we lost out of Boulder. It, you know, it's ironic that um, none of those shops did we ever see at any kind of a training event, either CTI or a Napa or the Colorado uh, Summit. So. You know, it's, I think it speaks to that. We have to, we have to work to stay in business. It just doesn't happen.
0: Hey, Carm here, and I bet you think of your shop management system every
2: day and wonder
0: if it's time to make an important change, a change to a modern, efficient, and powerful system. Now, instead of thinking about your old system, I want you to consider Shopware, a comprehensive cloud-powered shop management system that gives your customers an end-to-end digital experience that will help you sell more services while making your customers happier. And who doesn't want happier customers? In a study of work orders written and shared on Shopware, sharing the digital work order with your customer generated a 12% increase in their likelihood to buy. Now, that translates to additional sales in your business. And with Shopware's proprietary parts GP optimizer, you can boost your parts margin with the click of a button and leave behind the pain of managing an old parts matrix. Put solid gross margin dollars back in your business because Shopware puts huge computing power into making you successful now it's time make the switch to shopware get a free live demonstration at shop-ware.com and find out how you can make more money from happier customers
1: yeah so one thing i was thinking about as you guys are saying this is what are we what is one thing that we sell and we believe in it's maintenance training is maintenance if you're not doing it, you're falling behind and something's going to break down and it's going to leave you on the side of the road stranded or it's going to leave you closing your doors. So if you're not in here doing maintenance, you're, you're not practicing what you're preaching to your customers. So get out there. Find it. It's there. People are out there trying to help you. Take that help. It's not, it's not a negative thing. It's something that is. you need oh, to I humble yourself. Oh, I see what yourself. you're saying.
0: Oh, I have to go to training. Right? Well, you don't know everything?
1: Right. You get, yeah, don't, you get
0: to go. Yeah. It's an yeah I get to go to training. You get to. You yeah. get to go to training. I can't wait for the next training. Right. I was born to learn something new every day. And that's just me. And, and, you know, and I know everybody has their own DNA and their makeup and their, their own attitudes, their own dr- desire. Sorry about all the background noise, everyone. But we are in the college here, and I think they are working on some things. They're and, setting up for the summit. Well, it's, it's, I just can't wait. It's it's so exciting to be. But but I digress for a moment there. But l- let me move on to another topic. And let's let's join in on this discussion. And let's include ASA Colorado in, in this discussion. But friends of mine uh, were hiring some national trainers to come in. And and it all started with a friend of mine in Buffalo, uh, went to f- flew a couple of his guys to Atlanta because a gr- great friend of his was bringing in a national trainer. And he did his national training and they had to play for pay for air airfare and, and hotel, but the local guys didn't. And so the owner in Buffalo got this idea and said, ooh, let me bring in that same guy, because I want more of my people to go through it. And he went to his local group, be it a BDG, be it, you know, a a, a banner member group in a program. And I happened to go to it and stop by. There were 30 people in front of this national trainer. They save the hotel, they save the airfare, and it's not like they shouldn't go to Vision, they shouldn't go to ATE and ASTE, but the, it, it seems to me that it's a trend that will pull more, and, and and again, here we are in Denver, there could be more people here, so is this a trend, is it right, should we be doing this, how do we pull more people in? I, I'm just kind of throwing up this this open discussion.
3: So like, with our local group, we're in Fort Collins, so it's an hour away. Most of the training is down in Denver. Okay. So you work all day and you got to drive an hour to training and then you got to drive all night. And I mean, because th- most of the training is at night or okay. weekends. So by banding together, we're able to get your, our allies to where we can have the training in Fort Collins now and Boulder's working on theirs. And with ASA, we're trying to do the Western Slope and then down in Colorado Springs to make it more convenient. So, But you have to band together. It has to be worthwhile for the trainer to show up I mean, it's like a technician hanging out, no cars to work on. That's how the trainer feels. So it's just like a respect thing. Sure. This is one of the
2: areas that ASA Colorado has been working on is like, we'd really like to grow our membership and get more people to attend our events because we really want to expand where we can go with them. Um, You know, Two years ago, we didn't do anything in Grand Junction, um, but we saw a need there. Darren Barney is, a, is an ASA member, and, and he came to us and really worked hard to get a group of people together there over there. And that was it was something that we really needed because we needed somebody in the area just like Brian does in Fort Collins who could bring shop owners together, right? And and we got that from Brian, and then now we can do classes there. So we're we're really striving to want to get ASA to get Colorado to get big enough to where it's easy to go to Colorado Springs and do and do a big training down there and have all the Colorado Springs shops show up. And it's easy to go out to maybe Fort Morgan and do a do a rural area training, um, you know. And obviously hit hit Grand Junction on a regular basis and stuff. We can, we want to bring the training to the areas where they need to be, um, but we need the membership to make that happen. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, we work with partners you know we're kind of talking about training and stuff, and I think it's important to talk about how one of the things ASA Colorado does do is we really are we see ourselves as Switzerland is a, one of Judy 's terms, and we use it all the time. Um, our goal is to bring all of our vendors together and let them know that, hey, man, we're all here for the same thing. We're all here to get better. You know, it's not you versus them. It's, it's, hey, you know, show me your training, show me your training. Let's organize it. Let's make it so that there's not conflict. Let's make all this training available to everybody. And that's one of the things that ASA has been working with with a with a national with a statewide calendar, big time, and so, that is on the website.
3: I think ASA Colorado was the first one to where on our flyers we have NAPA, ASA, and Advanced TechNet on the same piece of paper kind of working together and that came from a summit three years ago sitting there with NAPA over here and Advanced over here and having a conversation with them like you guys are competitors but why can't you be allies on the training side of stuff because you got an amazing diesel trainer, you got an amazing hybrid trainer, you would be stupid not to help your shop. Go to that training class.
0: So by the way, this is huge and I, I don't want to make light of what this conversation was, but a central place to put all the training from everyone that has it so that if you need something and you, and you're ready and you're planning, you're leading your people through the training that they need and building that training resume inside so that you know where the strengths and the weaknesses are to have a calendar that you could go to. What a novel idea.
4: Yes, yes. It, it is and we're <laughs> working it. We're yeah, we're the front runners, I think, on that and actually talking in ASA National if um, so that they could actually mirror that and do actually for the national events so that what is around and what is available. But our, our thoughts are is that Napa does have training and ADVANCE has training CTI and, and O'Reilly's and, and there's so many different training opportunities <laughs> out there that if we had it on one central calendar, I could have one of my techs go and say, Oh, I really need a training on PICO or I need a training on breaks, what's out there? Oh, NAPA's got one over here, or CTI's offering yeah. one next yeah. month, and it's close and I can get to it. Um, so we really want to pull it all together in that, that Switzerland. We want to be that yeah. safe place for all the vendors, all the shop owners, everybody to come together and be able to make that happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, it's practicing what you preach with, with training. You're, you're asking the vendors to do something that you're, you're trying to do with the local shops around you. Um, I mean, it's it's amazing to see you got the Napa guy in the advanced building. He might be sweating a little bit, <laughs> a little uncomfortable, but they're there because they understand where our industry is going and that the importance of training transcends uh, worrying about the possible uh, competition.
0: Excellent. Um, by the way, I want to mention something that uh, Bill Hill from Ohio, uh, Mighty Auto Pro, did a for-the-record rant uh, in December. It was for-the-record 75 uh, about training, a training bonus he has. And it was it was just before Christmas, and uh, I, I had to get him on right away to talk about it. And here's the deal. In his place, you've got to have 40 hours of training as a technician, a service writer, anything. And he doesn't care what kind of training you get. If you want to go to an Excel class, he comes at his training. And, oh, by the way, he pays for all the training and he realizes that his company is better off holistically because of that commitment to training. In December, he adds up all the hours, and everything over 40 multiplies it times 25% times the rate of pay, and that's their bonus. Let
2: me just write that down. Yeah, I was going (laughs) to
4: say, okay, so Carm just gave us another little nugget that we are going to take away as all four of us are going, hmm. I think the light he says, going on. hey, um, yeah, it's for the absolutely. record, 75,
0: listen to it, and he, he'll explain it to you. In fact, he even explains near the end of the episode, it's only a 10-minute episode, that he's thinking of bumping that number next year. And so you, you got 25. You could al- always make a bump to it and change the math, but the commitment, the culture and commitment of training is there. It's intensified. You can't come to work there if you're not willing to do 40. And, and by the way, he admits as the CEO, he probably takes 60 to 80 himself.
4: And, and being a true leader, you have to walk the talk. If you say you've got to go to training, you've got to go to training, and you are not learning and, and moving and growing and, and making, and they can't see that, that you're just sitting in your office or you're not making any changes, that's that culture. And um, I know it's a word that we throw around a lot these days is, is culture and engagement and but you really have to and I know sitting here looking at every shop and every shop has an awesome culture here because that's what you've been working on, and that's kind of who you are, but they've been they've been working on it it's not something that just you wake up one morning and going, huh, Hagelin automotive's got a great culture today
2: oh, I was just going to say, um, you know the, you know how many shop owners out there go to training but they don't actually let their employees know that they went you know how did they just they just gone that day you know I make a point of like yeah, I'm off to training today. i got to go. We're going to sit all day and listen to somebody talk to me about management. It's going to be great. You know, yeah. leadership, I need some of that. Um, so, you know, I let my employees know that, yes, I'm participating. I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk the walk, just like Judy said, and just like um, Phil said earlier. You know, we have to lead by example. You know, guys, when, the,
0: when you send a tech for training, let's just pick a title. They, they did an advanced GDI, and they come back. Do you require the lunch and learn within that week so that this individual who took that class reteach, you know, when you teach, you learn?
2: Uh, Were you talking to my wife earlier? (laughs) She has assigned everybody that goes to class for the summit. When we come back, they're going to they're going to give us five minutes of what they learned and what their takeaways were. So, yes,
0: I think it should go to 15 because there's so much really tell her. I'll talk to Lisa. I'll, I'll probably meet her when tonight,
2: tonight. All right.
4: Um, So back to the topic of it's national training coming local. And I think one of the most important things is that when you do go, you have to take it back and you have to make it yours. And your own, and you have to implement. That's another one of those secret sauce words. Yep. Implement. You can go to as you can go to thousands of hours of training. If you don't come back and make a change, and let your people know and say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to make this happen." Um, implementation is huge, but it's that national training, that awesome, great stuff at a regional level. Take it to your shop, and exactly. Bring it to a, we do every Friday, we have lunch meetings. And everybody, same thing, that we're, everybody's assigned, what did you learn? We actually split up some of the training and say, okay, make sure that we hit all the topics that we think as a team, yeah. what, what should everybody be doing um, with that?
1: I will be doing that now. We haven't yet, but now I have to.
2: <laughs> you get to. The bar has <laughs> been set. <laughs> oh, and
1: there's boy. that
4: competition piece.
2: Yeah, yeah I
0: know. Isn't yeah. that cool? Or- uh, yeah. Uh, so, Phil, one of the things that you had on your talking points was about we shouldn't open this topic, but I will. <laughs> Certifying techs or shops, good or bad?
1: Yeah, it just um, it's something I, I struggle with because I'm definitely not a big government type person. The government likes to step in and don't always execute very well. Um, but if you think about it, we're really in a Wild West industry in some aspects. Um, if you're talking about a, an electrician, you're going you're gonna to work on a building's electrical system. You've got to be certified in that. Um, We're working on stuff that's way way more complicated than that, and there's not a requirement for that I just feel like if if something is not done coming from our own industry It's going to come to us in a way that we don't like So I just want people to start thinking about that because it I feel like it's going to have to happen one way or the other And if we come up with it work together as an industry in that grassroots sense of like, this is how, how it can be done effectively so that we can vet what we're doing, then it can actually be executed
2: well. So I think I think my comment there, and I want to lead by just saying I'm on the board of directors for ASC for those that don't know that. You know, ASC's position is um, that they're there to, to kind of ensure that people have the knowledge and they're able to test and prove it. Um, they're in a position to be um, maybe the, the, um, certified certifiers, um, sure. per se, um, but that's not really what they are right now. You know, certainly if we headed down that road eventually, I mean, because we are dealing with safety and, um, stuff that, uh, you know, being ahead, being part of ASC is something that's going to put you ahead of others. I mean, if there's a lot of people that don't like taking the test, they're uncomfortable, Maybe they don't even like the process of entering the testing environment, which is just a secure environment to make sure that there aren't there aren't people that shouldn't be passing the test passing, and um, that need is there. We need to be doing that. You know, I I know that people feel like, oh, well, I'm a technician. I don't need my ASes. I do good every day. But you know, what do you have to really show and stand apart from other technicians? You know, what is it that you're, that you're hiding or afraid of that, that makes you not want to take that test? I want us to all be confident and proud of who we are and and view ourselves as high level technicians, high level professionals in our industry just the way doctors and lawyers do and guess what? They all take those tests. They're in that room with you actually in the same environment and that's a lot of the reason why um, those there's those securities in place that, we t- that I briefed on earlier that people are uncomfortable with but those people's jobs are on the line. If they don't pass those tests, they don't work in the industry. So just something to think about. That's huge.
4: Just talking to Julie, our ED, just got a brand new car, and it has all the safety features. It has, you know, if you turn the blinker on and somebody's there, it beeps at you, this beeps at you, it slows you down. It, All of those safety factors that are now in the cars, and we're talking about ADAS and other things that are, that are coming up, that technology piece, And that safety, and you watch the commercials where everybody is all distracted, and all of a sudden, oh, the car stops because nobody's paying attention. Uh, We're working on those cars, and we're working on them now. And if you're changing out a headlight or you're doing a windshield or you're doing anything that that affects anything that's with ADAS, you touched it last, you have a huge liability. so it's back to that, that basic training and if you're not capable or certified, you could you could be, you could be in, in harm's way legally or whatever. As we get more of those safety things on the road and there's more cars that are doing those autonomous things that keep us safe, uh, there may be we may get forced someone that may come down the pike and say, hey, you've got to be certified and you got to be to do this. And if you don't have that certification kind of like um, air conditioning, but in a bigger way, Uh, I I like the fact that if we're ahead of it, as as Phil's kind of talked, and with ASE, if we're ahead of that that issue, we can be a big player in it versus having us be told, this is what you're going to do. And we have to have people at the table. And I know ASA National has a um, great presence um, on the Hill, and that's one of the huge benefits of being an ASA member and contributing to that is that they really are watching out for us as independent shops.
0: There was one question that came in, and I'm going to take my head out of the frame to read it because the type is awfully small. It's from Bob Ward. He's talking about training and a commitment to invest in training. And do you have a contract with a, an employee that they hang around, uh, you know, a certain amount of time if you make that big investment? Say you just spend, you know, a thousand bucks to take them to Colorado Division or something on that level or that order. Uh, is there is some shops have that?
1: I think some shops definitely do have that, and I, I can understand the desire to protect yourself financially. However, uh, coming from the dealership world and being a technician, um, I recall leaving the dealership and just the when you're, you're being honored to say, hey, we're going to invest in you or we're going to send you to this training, but then just hand them this piece of paper right after that and say, yeah, but I'm worried that you might leave, so I need you to sign this. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth um, coming in that direction. So in my opinion, I mean, everybody's, of course, I don't think it's right one way or the other, but in my personal opinion, I would think that if you're engaged in your culture and you're pouring into your people, they're not going to want to leave. And they've already worked their butt off. They, they earned that training. It's not, I paid for your training and now you've got to pay it back to me. That's, that's not how I view it.
2: They also might leave Look at- if you don't train them. <laughs> Yeah,
4: (laughs) that's true. I think, I think a conversation versus a contract, but a a good conversation is, you know, it's going to be X amount of dollars and we're investing in you. That goes back to how are you going to bring that knowledge with that person? How do you incorporate that back into your own shop? Yeah, That's how you make that money worth it. And if you don't, and like, if you don't invest in your people, they will be going away. It's
0: like, listen, you're a keeper. I care about you. You're smart. I'm going to invest in you because frankly... I know you're not going anywhere. I know you love to work here. And you know that from an owner to a technician before he leaves for every class is maybe all the impotence that he needs not to uh, keep interviewing. And if he is interviewing and you're not close enough to even know that he is or she is,
3: shame on you. It's, it is frustrating. I mean, we can talk about being in the trenches right now. We have 20 right now. We have 26 teammates And we were at 28 and we had pretty much everybody signed up except for maybe one because he's actually getting his wisdom teeth pulled out today. So he gets to miss training tomorrow. But we parted ways with some of our guys and they were signed up and paid for, you know, but we're willing to take that investment. You know, never put money ahead of people. Always put your team first. And I mean, if you're focusing on culture, you're going to lose some, but you're going to win way more than you lose.
0: Right. So so here's the story. Tell me there isn't a shop owner within the sound of my voice that can't go into the tool room, look at one of those little plastic boxes and say, why the hell did I ever buy that? Right? And so
4: (laughs) That that never happens.
0: (laughs) uh, Oh, maybe in your place. But I think I hit a nerve. And the point of it is, is that we do invest in stuff that doesn't live its life fully in our place. An inanimate object like a scan tool or or something that is, is just collecting dust and should be sold. Or dumped. I think, and I'm not talking about inanimate objects versus the people side of our business. I'm not, but investing in training is always going to be a risk unless you manage it. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Hey, look at, uh, I had a blast. I am so happy to be here. If you all have a quick summary or something that you'd love to say to the audience, um, it is time. I know you are so tongue-tied, Judy, um, but I'll let you go last, you know, so you can think about something to say. Brad?
2: My, my blurb is going to be an advertisement. Um, look, uh, we all know that Vision in Kansas City is a fantastic event. I, I, I bet there's not a shop owner out there that's not familiar with that. Uh, we know that we can go to Apex in uh, Las Vegas. Um, guess what? All these places require us to fly in, pay for our flights, pay for our food while we're there, pay for hotels. And taking your entire staff is, is a big task, right? The summit is here in Colorado. I mean, if you are in Colorado or Wyoming or Montana or Nebraska, we have shops that come from Washington State. We have shops that come from Texas. Um, and I haven't looked to see where they're coming from this year. But look, come here for the day. Um, come to the event. You know what? Get in the car. Throw people in. Come down here tomorrow. We'll figure out a way to get you in a classroom this is local training. It's high quality. It's supported by your vendors. Um, it's a team environment. Um, it's fun. We have a good time. We give people opportunity to visit vendors and we give you food and drinks and, um, it's just a great environment. Oh, I can't wait. And you know what? You should be here. Yeah. You know, the, the point is so perfectly taken. Why
0: would you ever walk away from regional, you know, within a drive, you know, and especially on a Saturday, Most of the shops are closed. Pack them in the the van and go. Great point. Thank you so much. Phil.
1: Yeah, just a couple closing thoughts. Um, Whether it's ASA or whatever your local representation is that lobbying for this industry, get out there and support it. Um, Obviously, we support ASA, and it's a great organization. They represent us nationally. Um, There's other ones out there doing the same thing. So get out there and, and involve yourself, and don't do not be shy from your neighbor uh, shop. Go go beat down the door, buy another shop lunch. See how that breaks down a wall. Say hey, I'm right down the street. I want to buy your shop lunch. Get to know you guys. Blah blah blah. That's gonna that's gonna break down some walls.
0: You're, you're speaking my language, by the way, because I I have the, I'm this advocate about calling up the shop just down the street or the next town over big advocate for that and say, hey, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Let's just talk. So many things going on in our industry. Wouldn't it be cool if we just, you know, shared some trends and some ideas? And then he says, oh, are you kidding me? You want to steal my secret sauce? But, you know, and and again, I think we talk about that so much, but it's the real, real truth. And maybe the the more we talk about it and your great, great points. Thank you so much, Phil. Um, Brian? So, oh, by the way, I just wanted—I just wanted to let you know that I didn't get the email on the color shirt I should have worn. <laughs> um, everyone's in blue but me. But okay, I get it.
3: <laughs> You're promoting yourself, though. I, I guess I am. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, we get to promote ASA. Very good. Uh-huh. They kind of sold a lot of the thunder, but I was gonna. The people listening to this are people that are engaged and involved in right. the upper end of our industry. So I challenge you to go out and meet somebody new here in this next week and uh shoot out a thing to Carm on the facebook say hey i went across the street and met my neighbor he's not that big asshole like i thought he was you know it's like (laughs) man really just go do it i mean they are nice people oh man there's i go back to racing and automotive because i mean i love racing and there are so many freaking good people in all of it you know they think we're Hillbilly white trash, whatever it is, but man, they just are good. They'd give you the shirt off their back. They may just be struggling with something and you may be able to help them out by giving them a word of encouragement. Holy cow, I had the same thing. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, payrolls, yeah. holy cow, you know, just helping each other because yeah. we're not alone. We all have the same issues, you know. I mean, I have a Phil and he has a Brian, so we have fun <laughs> with the Brian and a Phil thing over here. <laughs> and that competitiveness, I, like, we get to be competitive and it's helped elevate our, both of our companies huge, you know, and I mean, I love that guy. And I mean, I love his Brian, you know, and I love everybody here because we get to help each other.
0: Absolutely. Brian Sump and Phil and Brian Gossel and Phil. Um, I haven't met your Phil, but I hope to meet him.
3: And they're both Phil Carpenter and Phil Christensen. Christensen. so their initials are the same, and you're going to get to meet them later today yeah, or tomorrow, I know. tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow,
2: yeah, we're going. To, we're going to, I'm looking to do some really exciting interviews while I'm here. I'm just going to tag on to something Brian was was talking about, but like just recently, we both joined ADP, and we got together and talked about you know, the reasons why we would do that and converse together as shop owners about, you know, decisions we were getting ready to make. And it was a big decision. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, that's one of the pieces that you can do when you have partners and friends in the industry. Thanks for being here for localized national training, Brian Gossel, Brad Pelman, Phil Carpenter. And
0: finally, the last word goes to Judy Acklin.
4: Well, thank you for that honor. Um, Earlier in the event, we talked, Brian, we have Brian Dodge doing a training right now. One of the things he talked about this morning is what is, um, when you ask for help, it's a sign of, how would you answer that call? Oh, weakness absolutely wrong yeah. asking for help is a sign of strength. strength yes and we need to we need to embrace that i think yeah. that is that was we always we were only in class for 30 minutes before we had to come and do this and the takeaway is i had four or five already this wow. morning um i think that i think the most important thing to know is that there are a lot of people out there that do want to help and that have servant leadership and have been through the trenches and absolutely have the time. I know that sitting here, the four of us, we've gone to that kind of that next level to where we're not working in the trenches. We're actually working on the business and are able to help. And there's so many people out there that can and are willing to and then want to um, so back with the ASA, some of the things we talked about last night, one of, the, one of the thoughts was anybody that's coming to the event this year, we're going to put out there, hey, go we'll find somebody else to bring next year. We'll figure out some kind of a refer a friend or a discount or something to where we get more people involved in bringing them in. And I think that's just ingenious. And it is going to be grassroots one at a time. So, I just, I, the other thought I want to leave with you, and it's back to that getting to know your neighbor and your people and your friends. And I know that Pelmans and Hagelin Automotive, that, that Brad and I have an amazing relationship that we've done so many things together. And we joke, we're actually sitting here on the podcast and he's thinking and he's saying something. I'm going, damn, get out of my head, buddy. We, we think a lot alike. We know some of the answers because we've done so many things together. Find that person, find that other person, or find that other group. Get out there, reach out there and just, Grab on to somebody that has done it or somebody that you've done and you need it and you know that they need some help. Yeah. That's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna grow our industry into an awesome, amazing industry. Thanks
0: for being on board to listen and learn from the Premier Automotive Aftermarket podcast.
4: Until next time.